views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Welcome to Lime Talk Radio with Dr. Pat Basili, epic healing for an epic life. This inspiring show highlights leading-edge solutions, groundbreaking research, headline topics, and tools for holistic healing and wellness. This hit show is dedicated to raising awareness, promoting advocacy and prevention, and supporting initiatives for optimal health. Dr. Pat is passionate and focused on life-saving results reaching far beyond Lyme disease, providing a forum for powerful stories, heart-opening experiences, and hope-activated solutions. Dr. Pat will shine a light on the many shades of Lyme disease fueled by a body-mind-spirit remedy. Now here's your host, Dr. Pat. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to the show. It's so great. I was going to say to everybody, welcome to the Dr. Pat show. But yeah, that too. Um, I want to thank all of you for tuning us in and turning us on. And, you know, here's what I here's what I want to say about this show. You know, for many of you, you have said to to me over the years, you know, Pat, you've talked about Lyme disease openly since 2005 and talked about how, especially in parts of the country um, that I live, don't even want to recognize it. And to this day, just so you know, those parts of the country, Pacific Northwest in particular, is still kicking and screaming as to not to acknowledge that Lyme disease exists here. Many of you have heard my own story about my visit with the CDC uh, and uh, good news being that I was from the state of New Jersey and that made it okay for me to request a Lyme disease test. Now, here's what I want to say to everybody out there. Doesn't it sound weird that you're talking about, wait a minute, I, you know, I've got to request this test. Well, it's way more complicated than I thought about in 2005, definitely that I even thought about in 2004. But here's why I love doing this and why Lime Talk Radio is a show that is so important to so many people. I get to talk with folks, you know, as my very special guest today uh, is people that are taking a message that goes beyond hope. It is really about hope in action. It's really about taking a look at what to, what do we know, what can we learn, and what do we want to share with people. Today, for those of you out there, I am so honored and thrilled to have Dr. David Jernigan joining me here today, Beating Lyme Disease. Beating Lyme Disease. This is the book. It's fabulous, by the way. Living the Good Life in Spite of Lyme. And boy, I'm telling you, that is the perfect, perfect subtitle for the book. And as a matter of fact, can be a book on its own, because one of the things that we know and we're learning about is in this second edition, what we're learning about as Dr. David travels the world, internationally recognized leader in the treatment philosophies of biological medicine, treatment of people with chronic illness. There's something that's coming to the forefront and something that we're learning. What we're learning is in a lot of cases, we don't know what we don't even know. Now, what I love about today's show and a conversation, you know, with Dr. Jernigan, especially as a founder of the Hansen uh, Center for Optimal Health, is that optimal health is not an illusion. It is not an illusion. 
This is something that needs to have a place in the forefront of our consciousness when we're talking about disease and illness. It is the, some, it is the thing that we look at where we say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Can I be different? Can I still have an amazing life? And how do we get that? Well, first of all, we get to say thank you so much uh, to Dr. David for everything that he's done. We get to say thank you for the many ways that, you know, he's not just fighting a good fight, but he's getting out there in the world, you know, kind of like many of us have done and is saying, you know what, we're discovering some new things and we're discovering some old things. And here we are today talking about Lyme disease and, you know, even with the number of celebrities now that are coming to the forefront, you know, we just cannot get the love right here. Uh, David, thank you so much for joining us, uh, Dr. Jernigan. Thank you for today's show and thank you for uh, all that you do in this arena. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Dr. Pat, and I really appreciate the opportunity to speak to your listeners, and uh, I'm geared up and ready to go. Well, I, I love to start out with, you know, a question that, you, you know, has come to me. I've been doing this for about 13 years now, um, and, you know, the, the arena that we're in right now is called Positive Talk. 13 years ago, if you just said Positive Talk to somebody, that would have said, what? Um, but as we launched Transformation Talk Radio and, you know, Transformation Radio FM, many people have said, why are you doing these kinds of things? Why are you looking at bringing a new level of consciousness in conversations? And I thought it was an interesting question, but I want to ask you the same thing. It's, it's less of a why, but it's more of a what. What is it for you? What is it for you? that created the tipping point in your life where you said, I am going to make a difference. I am going to do something that needs to be done, and I could be of service. Well, it's interesting you would phrase the question that way because my journey started in the Lyme disease world um, in the mid-1990s. And I knew what just about every doctor knew at the time. You know, it was a board, national board test question that said, you know, bullseye rash. You know, what causes the bullseye rash? And that was about all anybody knew about Lyme was that it was ticks and it was in New England and things like that. But I had a lady that was CDC positive in, um, that lived in Kansas, had um, given birth to twins, twin boys, and they both were born with Lyme disease. And she came to me after the um, Kansas medical doctors that she went and saw basically proclaimed her cured after, I think, you know, maybe four or five, maybe even six weeks of doxycycline. And she goes, we're so not well, you know, and you need to, you need to help us because at that point I was focused on chronic illness only and mm-hmm. um, had already achieved some level of notoriety at that point um, just through word of mouth, you know, we'd had some really good successes on some high-profile cases. And so she had come to me, and she kept pumping me with information about Lyme disease. And, mm. and um, you know, I tried everything that was out there, and there wasn't anything. If you remember in the 90s, there, there wasn't any research hardly that you could, you could find. Mm-hmm. And so I actually had just to um, dig and dig and dig and try to figure out a way to help these people. And um, 
way back in those days, in the 90s, you know, we'd, we would do lab tests to try to help people once I started knowing I'm supposed to look for it. Because, you know, in Kansas, you're not supposed to look for Lyme disease. I mean, it's just not even on our radar. Right. And, um, you know, it was interesting. I, after I developed um, a protocol for helping people with Lyme disease, um, I went to a health conference and I had a booth and I, it was beautiful. You know, I had it all done up just right and had big pictures of ticks and banners and everything. And people would walk by, they, they'd stop and, and talk and they'd go, oh, I'm chronically ill. Nobody can figure out what it is. My doctors say there's just nothing they can do. And I was like, have you thought about Lyme? Oh, no, I don't have Lyme. And they'd keep walking. So it's interesting. I just went, got back from the Florida um, conference, ILADS conference, mm-hmm. and um, it was fascinating to me that so many doctors that were lecturing, there might be, I don't know how many doctors were there, maybe 1,000, 1,500, right. somewhere in there, just a huge conference. Yep. And I'd say about half the lectures were talking on natural medicine and how they have to deal with other things more than just antibiotics. Yep. So, you know, here we are at the Hansa Center. Um, we're pushing like 10,000 patients seen now in the chronic illness. And, mm-hmm. you know, the fascinating thing is the prevalence, according to the CDC, they finally acknowledged at least 300,000 people in the United States alone. But it really is worldwide. And yet most of the doctors, the top doctors in the field, wouldn't be surprised um, if there were three to six million more cases just in the United States that are undiagnosed, they have chronic fatigue, they may have chronic headaches, they may have chronic this or that or the other. But um, actually, if you kept looking, like if you had unlimited resources to, to keep testing, you would likely find Lyme disease as a component of their illness. may not be the actual thing, but they would actually have it as a component most likely. Well, and, you know, what I love about this conversation is you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I mean, what you have been able to see, and and let's talk about a relatively short period of time. That doesn't really mean um, that this Lyme, Lyme disease has not existed because we know it, it, it We know it does, and we knew it did. For many of us that grew up on the East Coast, right? Um, I mean, you know, part of the conversation was, wait a minute. You know, there's something going on here and it's not this, you know, if, if it were this, if it were rheumatoid arthritis or if it were this or for that, you know, why do we think that the medication is not working on some people and has been working on the other? And so we open up a doorway and we have these conversations and you're absolutely right about the conference. You know, my colleague and by the way, my co-host for this show is not here today, Dr. Nusheen Darvish. Um you know, we're talking about places like Kansas. And, and by the way, let's talk about Seattle and the Pacific Northwest, if we could. Um, they, you know, it's posted on the it's posted on the government's website, you know, the health website that Lyme disease and the tick doesn't live here. Now, does that shock you a little bit like that tick knows not to cross the border into the Pacific Northwest? Well, you know, they all fall off the migratory birds and animals. As they cross the state line, of course. Well, isn't it hard to believe? And we're going to spend today really looking at many of the things that you've not only put in the book, but that you're talking about. 
But isn't it really wonderful that we now have ways to communicate through airwaves like this and, you know, through networks and radio shows to bring people information? I want to ask you this question. What do you think the greatest challenges in the work that you do? What are you seeing? And, you know, what did people at the conference, you know, you know what are they saying about the greatest challenge we have right now in the message? Well, I think the biggest message I just blogged about on my blog, which is davidjernigan.blogspot.com, about the most common phrase you'll see on the forums and things like that. And, um, you know, Lyme disease forums are out there now. Support groups are out there now. Some of these things that, like you say, just a few years ago, you know, there was nobody talking about it hardly. And if there were, it was just one or two uh, support groups. But the most prevalent question I hear is on those groups and I see in people is why am I still not well in spite of Mm -hmm. doing everything I know to do? I'm taking all the right protocols. I'm taking all the right antibiotics. I have, I'm going to the big name doctor. I'm, I'm traveling out of state to try to get it. So why can't I get well? Mm -hmm. But you know, it's interesting. And this brings up a good point that I wanted to make. I, I have a good friend that's an MD, PhD, and mm-hmm. um, he said a profound statement to me the other day. He said, Lyme disease is not a true disease, but it's more of a syndrome, and you should actually be calling it Lyme syndrome since it's not truly one cause. Now, this is shocking to some people. What? It is one cause. It's just Borrelia burgdorferi. No, it isn't. And my doctor went on to say, but indeed, Lyme syndrome, let's say, is indeed a tremendous range of symptoms unique to the various weaknesses in that person's body, mind, and spirit who succumb to the illness. Isn't that profound? And that's the big challenge is, yes, we've gotten the message out there that Lyme is all over the country, um, even though, you, like you said, there's some states and government bodies that are still fighting over it. They don't want to admit it. Whatever it is, we know the truth. People are getting the truth. And yet, unfortunately, it's like it's not the, it's not the complete story. I mean, because Lyme, in my book, I talked about how Lyme is like a, um, once, once your body succumbs to it, it seems to rally all the other various latent infections and things mm-hmm. that are in your body. It affects mm-hmm. the weakest parts of your body. It right. creates chaos. It reveals the chaos and traumas that have been accumulating throughout our whole life. So yeah. that's the challenge. Is not just say, okay, you got Borrelia, because right. it's now understood, and I've watched over the last um, however many 20 years that I've been doing this, and we all, all the doctors in the field start chasing another bug. I remember when it was just Borrelia. Right. And everyone ran to, to figure out how to help the body eliminate this bug. And then they said, no, 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 you also have to do Babesia microti. And then you have to, after that, and it, you know, it became Ehrlichia is often there and Rickettsia is often there. And, oh, you got to deal with the HHV6 virus that's often there, and the mycoplasma. We all ran, and parasites, and yeast, and it's just, ah. And yes, we got some people well doing these things. But in the long run, we missed, or at that point, we were missing very often that 
it is more of a syndrome. You would <laughs> not get sick necessarily if you didn't already have the weakness and the traumas and the blockages and things that are in the, in the body that enabled disease to be created. Yeah. You know, we are so afraid, Dr. Jernigan, we're so afraid of the word syndrome, I believe, in the community. Uh, I want to just say for those of you tuning in to Lime Talk Radio, we want to welcome all of you just popping in right there. Uh, and this is a show that we do every week, by the way. And we're going to continue to do today. You know, I am so thrilled that we're talking with Dr. David Jernigan because beating Lyme disease, this is the second edition, living the good life in spite of Lyme. So much of this you reference in the book. And I want to ask you a question about this because we have learned a few things along the way. And you said that brilliantly. You know, in 1995, you know, when we're looking at our friends and our family and, and they're, they're literally we're watching what's happening to them, people that were once vibrant. And we scratch our heads. But what's interesting about what you said, Dr. David, is the fact that, you know, in many cases, especially, you know, myself as well, you know, we're okay until we get that surgery. You know what I mean? Right. We go in and we get that we get that rotator cuff repaired or we go in and we get some other kind of surgery. And then six months later, something happens. Um, Can you talk to this a little bit? Because this. You know, this seems to be a very common thread that absolutely probably doesn't have any research. Okay, I'd love to talk about it because, and I, and I want to make a point before we go beyond this. I'm not petitioning to change Lyme disease to a Lyme syndrome. All I'm saying is it's bigger than just one bacteria, and there are many, many. I wish I had the exact number because I heard it at the conference. How many different strains of Borrelia bacteria there are that they've identified now? Mm-hmm. But more towards your question, you know, like you said, somebody gets yeah. a rotator cuff surgery and they're never the same since, or they they have a traumatic event in their life that happened and they're never the same after that. And the reality is that the many traumas in our lives are cumulative from birth. We are traumatized by chemicals that we breathe in, that we get on our skin with soaps mm-hmm. and personal care products that are loaded with toxins. You know, thinking about the skin, just on a side note, you should never put anything on your skin that you would not eat. That is a toxic substance. It's going to soak into your skin and absorb in higher concentrations than had you swallowed the substance because your stomach acid would break down a lot of what you swallow. But there's nothing to break it down if you put it on your skin. So, again, from birth, we have chemical traumas, we have emotional traumas, we have physical injuries. The medications that we take are generally illusion, illusionary medicine, I call it. It yeah. creates the illusion of health, but it creates also with it chaos, more and more dis- disruptions of normal function. When, we, when you have a headache and you take a Tylenol, that isn't actually fixing anything. Your headache goes away, but the cause remains. Even if your headache doesn't come back, the cause, what, what triggered it often is it remains. So these are traumas that mm-hmm. create, all of these traumas accumulate in your body from birth, even prior to birth sometimes if the mother who was pregnant was um, needing to take a lot of medications or had done recreational drugs or had lived a life of, of high fructose corn syrup and all the different toxins in the world at the time. So all these traumas accumulate and create chaos in our bodies that ultimately lead to disease by whatever name it's given. 
okay? I mean, this is, this is the, the interesting thing. Yeah. Most diseases in medicine are named by a collection of symptoms. Well, Lyme disease, we now know, is, is kind of like a syphilis-type bacteria. It's a spirochete. And just like syphilis, which was called the great imitator, meaning right. it could actually imitate a whole lot of other known illnesses. Well, same with Lyme. Uh, same exactly as syphilis. Is it's depending on where your weakest area is or maybe collection of weak areas in your body, you're going to have unique symptoms. And it does drive the doctors crazy because, I mean, I saw a man who'd had um, massive headaches for years but that was his only symptom. And when we helped his body resolve the Lyme, guess what? No more headaches. Well, do you treat everyone with headaches now as if they are a Lyme patient? So most doctors, obviously you wouldn't. But the difference well, at the Hansa Center is that we mm-hmm. restore order from chaos, mm-hmm. coherence from incoherence, and harmony from disharmony so that the body can heal itself. I, I mean, that's, that's the pivotal way that we have the successes that we have it that and so many innovations that let us do what uh, no one's been able to do before in the way of testing the body I love this. May I add something? Because I, sure. I think that sometimes when I get to speak with folks like you, uh, Dr. David, that are out in the world and doing some amazing things in a very, 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 um, what some people say, hopeless arena. That's what Lyme disease has been called by many people. But here's what I want to say about, you know, your work and what you've been doing for decades now. There's one thing that's so important, and and I just want to say it. You are somebody and the folks at the center. You are folks that, number one, have kept an open mind and an open heart to consider the fact that Lyme disease exists at many, 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 many levels, and that a different approach may be possible in giving people relief. Now, oh, I know you didn't say I that, but you I want to acknowledge that. you a little bit for that. Well, thank you. I sure appreciate that. And I'm, you know, people, including my fa- my own family early on, uh, they were like, you know, if you're going to spend that much money to become a doctor, why not become a real doctor? <laughs> you know, what they meant was like an MD. And I am so happy that I decided and and stayed the course to become a chiropractic physician. Now, people might be shocked. Why is he talking about Lyme disease? Now, number one, chiropractic medicine and the philosophies of natural medicine, natural healing, and thankfully we're in a state of uh, where the statutes, the laws of the state actually say we're licensed to treat every tissue and diagnose any condition using any kind of testing that's available out there using any natural means. So it was, I'm, people are shocked that when I say we've seen only the toughest cases, and that's all we want. I mean, when a doctor runs out of ideas for a patient, that's the patient we want. We, that's where we shine is to figure out what everyone has been missing so that you can get well. I mean, on my blog, I just posted two cool stories of Seriously, wheelchair for six years on one case. I don't remember how long for the other one. Walking, not after years and years and years of treatment. Walking 
where they couldn't walk, talking where they couldn't talk, reading when they couldn't read, they couldn't even carry on a conversation. Six and a half years for this one young lady. This is what the power of when you restore harmony from disharmony and that coherence of the body from that incoherence and and you create order from chaos in the human body and then you can strategically address how the body handles these microbes, dis-ease falls away. And I'm not once am I treating Lyme disease. Never did it ever occur to me to put Lyme on somebody's file. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, mm-hmm. you know, basically to put a name on something is to say, let's do some cookbook doctoring. Right. You right. know, if you have and, you know, this label, this I'm going to give you finding, this though? protocol. You just got back from this, one of the, you know, largest conferences, if not the largest in the world. And, you know, I'm not surprised that you heard the conversation and people talk about this. You know, I am so thrilled that, you know, where I live uh, and, and this show is actually coming from uh, Rhode Island, and, you know, but where I live now, we happen to have some of the most incredible natural doctors, chiropractors, I believe, in the world. And, you know, I love that you're talking about you know, uh, chiropractic care, because we did, we do an entire annual series uh, on the Dr. Pat show about chiropractic care, what it is and what it isn't, and the history of chiropractic care and how it goes back before medicine. So, you know, for somebody like me, I'm like, yeah, of course. Yeah, most people are unaware that we are trained the same as an MD right. up to the point to exactly. where we all specialize. And so we exceed the medical curriculum in many, many different ways. I think they obviously exceed us in, like, pharmacology and stuff. But it's, mm-hmm. it's fascinating to me because I see an analogy, like earlier we were talking about how Lyme is not just a bacteria, right? The whole yeah. syndrome conversation we just had. Well, chiropractic has done kind of that same education of the community of saying we treat the back and we treat the neck right and yet we're trained in every single pathology in every single way all the different ologies out there and you know we're called a chiropractic medicine for a reason we're getting trained in all these ways of adjusting not just the spine adjusting the chemistry, adjusting the mind, adjusting the energy Mm -hmm. of the body, facilitating conditions that probably weren't even in a person of ideal function from birth. You know, we all think we're kind of all born equal or not born equal. You know, we're born with our own weaknesses built in. And so being able to improve upon even how you were born is just a phenomenal thing. And Honestly, Dr. Pat, yeah. I'm never sitting around, even with some of the toughest cases on the planet, going, I sure wish I had a pharmaceutical I could use. <laughs> now, we're armed to the teeth. I'm like a tool man of alternative medicine. I have like almost 4,000 different remedies in each treatment room. We have five doctors in each treatment room. There's like thousands of some of the coolest remedies to help the yeah. body actually function at its highest potential and disease falls away, not just in the short run. I mean, if you want short run, take some Tylenol. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, you know, this is when we come back, uh, we're going to go to a quick a quick break here. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk specifically about some of the treatments. And I want to talk about some of the things you talk about in the book. Uh, and honestly, we could have done a, about a four hour show here. And next time when you come back, we'll actually do a video presentation. But one of the things I want to talk about is I want to really hear from you. And so do our listeners about what are some of these treatments? Why is it that many of you emailed the bleep out of me when I started a talk about ozonating my water? You said to me, what are you doing? Yeah, but I'm telling you, Dr. Jernigan's got a ton of things we're going to talk about when we come back. We're going to talk about everything from the perfect seven treatment detox and how to get your body in optimal health, as we like to say, bada bing, bada bang. We'll be right back. radical shift in your way of being? Are you seeking a more deeply connected and fulfilling life? Awakened Living Radio is a show dedicated to helping you embrace a life filled with profound peace, connection, and happiness. TJ Woodward is passionate about helping you find your clarity, balance, and purpose. Join co-host TJ Woodward and Dr. Pat Basile on the first Monday of every month at 11 a.m. Pacific time for Awakened Living Radio on TransformationTalkRadio.com. to Sheer Alchemy with Leslie Fontaine on TransformationTalkRadio.com and get ready to stir up your passions, remove your blocks, and shift into an entirely new existence. Speaker, teacher, channel, clairvoyant, Leslie Fontaine is a transformation catalyst who channels a powerful energy from source to catapult listeners into living the life they were born to live. Whether it's shifting from scarcity to abundance, from emotional pain into joy, or from illness into health, Leslie will help you step into the true essence and power of all that you are with the help of the Ascended Masters and Archangels. You will not be the same. Visit TransformationTalkRadio.com for show dates and times and LeslieFontaine.com to say yes to explosive abundance. 1230 WPLQ. Well, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Um, and wow, that, thank you, Brian, for playing Olivia Newton-John, for those of you out there. Um, as a matter of fact, we did a series of interviews with her when she was building her um, uh, fabulous cancer center 
in Australia and building a, a center that was based on holistic philosophies. And, you know, it so ties into what we're talking about here today with Dr. Jernigan. Everything in his book, I mean, I just want to say this about the book for those of you just tuning in, Beating Lyme Disease, second edition. And we're going to make sure you have information about the website and how to find out more about the center, how to get your copy of the book. But what I love about the book is as you read this, you get to check things off and say, whoa, now body temperature. Oh, my gosh, my body temperature doesn't get up above 97 degrees. Why is this in the book? Well, we're going to find out about that and much more. Um, Dr. Jernigan, before we kind of get going here, can you make sure we tell folks how to get a copy of the book? And then also um, a, a little bit about the website and the center so folks can find out more about that. Okay. I do believe the book is still on Amazon. So mm-hmm. you can find it under Beating Lyme Disease, second edition, not first edition. This is the right. latest second edition. Uh, you know how Amazon is. It's the older books that are out of print cost like $1,000. Don't buy that one. <laughs> Just buy, you can get an ebook, or you can get the hardback, or you can get the paperback. Um, maybe the easiest way to get it, though, is by going to our website. We have a web store, a website, uh, a store on our website. How's that? And um, the website is hansacenter.com. That's H as in Harry, A, N as in Nancy, S as in Sam, A, center, C-E-N-T-E-R.com. And you can see, like you said, the Perfect 7 protocol and my book. And, um, and the thing that's interesting, it's, it's likely your listeners are listening because they've been sick for a long time. Unfortunately, the way of life, it seems that we all generally only seek, seek deeper knowledge when what we've been trying isn't working. And, um, you know, that's kind of the topic of my latest blog post that I talked about earlier on davidjernigan.blogspot.com is how that, why aren't you well? I've been taking Dr. Jernigan's Perfect 7 protocol. I've been taking all the other big name protocols. I've been, it's worked for everyone else and it's not working for me maybe, or it hasn't worked completely and I want complete health. We all want that, right? So, you know, in my latest blog post, I do discuss how that the sicker you are, and the more that resistance you are to treatment from your mainstream doctors that you started with and even some of the protocols, the less likely that a canned protocol will work for you. It doesn't mean they won't. If you switch from one that isn't working, you might just be blessed and, and find one that does work. But the people that come to the Hansa Center um, are shocked very often. I hear them say, well, I thought you were just going to put me on the Perfect 7 protocol. And I'm like, no. A, a canned protocol, basically, you know, a one-size-fits-all protocol is what doctors tr- strive to do when you cannot get to their clinic. But most, as you know, Dr. Pat, most of the big-name natural doctors that are out there, they don't do what their protocol says. I mean, their protocol is made for just to try to cover at mm-hmm. least this much. Mm-hmm. Do at least this and, and see if you can get well. And so... But when you go to their clinic, mm-hmm. man, everything that we do is tailored to the unique chaos, uh, to continue that earlier discussion, to harmonize 
their body to restore the absolute perfect optimum health, that integrity of the body, and facilitate the body's ability to rapidly heal. Like I had a lady get mad at me one time, Doc, you're going you're gonna to find this funny. I gave her a remedy as she laid on the table, you know, just said, you know, this is this homeopathic remedy, let's say, under your tongue. I put the lid on, and my timing mechanism a lot of the time is just the time it takes me to put the lid back on the bottle and set it down and turn back around to the patient. I said, how does your symptom feel now? Well, she got so upset with me. She was angry. She goes, if you think my symptom is just going to go away that fast, then that just tells me you don't know anything about my illness because we are a chronic illness facility. We're not a Lyme facility. We see tons of it because I've written four books on the topic, but it's like we see everything that no one can figure out, okay? And so this wasn't a Lyme case, but she was so upset, and it took me a while to explain. When you get, when you can really specifically, strategically find that silver bullet through our unique testing that we developed here at the Hansa Center, very often I've seen just miraculous things that defy science, just miraculous things. And wouldn't you want a doctor that's looking for you to feel better that quickly? But we can get it often enough that it's like, yes, we do practice with that in mind. We're bummed out if you don't have something that's better in that in every single office visit at the Hunter Center. It's it's really amazing way to work here. And contrast that to what, let's say, even my own wife, who before we got married, she had Lyme disease. And her medical doctor was a, a big-named LLMD, for those of you that are listening that don't know what that means, that's Lyme Literate Medical Doctor. So for that region, um, she went to that big-name doctor, and he seriously told her to, on the very first visit, mm-hmm. he said, you have Lyme disease, here's your lab test, it shows you have it, and he said, expect to feel horrible for the next five to eight years after which you might start feeling better. Mm. And I'm like, boy, wow. talk about setting the bar as low as you can go where this doctor doesn't have to perform anything. But to his credit, he was doing what mainstream medicine does. They treat numbers on a lab test. And they teach the patient to follow numbers on a lab test and say, wow, but you're getting better. And the patient goes, yeah, but I feel like I'm dying. Well, but the lab test says you're getting better, so keep going. Well, that's not how I wanted to, uh, to practice. I mean, the sign of good treatment is that you feel better. Yeah. Not artificially better. Like I said, illusionary medicine, you know, taking an antihistamine for an allergy instead of fixing the reason that you're having the allergy or, or taking something to mop up the toxins but not really teaching you how you're getting the toxins in the first place. Yeah. So when we talk about the perfect seven protocol, I want you to understand it's, it is just like every other protocol. It's my idea after years and years and years and people, um, the toughest cases out there, I was like kind of going, okay. Now, I don't know if you're a 100-pound person or a 300-pound person. I don't know if you're a completely toxic, loaded, you know, soda drinking, mm-hmm. nutra-sweet, consuming, GMO-eating person, or if you're like this pristine, you know, raised on 
organic food your whole life. I, so that's kind of the, the reality of a protocol. It's made to be well tolerated and hopefully work for everyone. You but know what I love about this is conversation is that, you know, first of all, there is the recognition and your book is really amazing. And I don't know if you heard me say this when we came back is I was completely fascinated by some of the things you talk about. And let's just talk about a couple of them if we could. You know, first off, I was so, I was like, oh my gosh, he's talking about low body temperature. Ah, one of my faves. Nobody's talking about it. I know. I feel like I was the the voice in the wilderness, like so many things, you know. Um, But low body temperature, it's, it's, you know, very often a lot of your listeners, if you polled them all that are listening, they would say, well, that's your thyroid. Right. And a lot of their doctors would completely agree. Now, I'm not saying that your thyroid can't be a problem, but again, it's, it's not the complete answer. Because the thyroid's like the idle on your engine. If you rev your engine, obviously your engine's going to get hotter. And if, you're, if your idle's set too low, then you're going to be all sluggish and you're going to gain weight, right? We all get that. And you're going to be low body temperature. So, yes, there is a plague of thyroid problems on the planet, but it's not the complete answer. And when you can start really getting down deeper into the thermostat and resetting the body's thermostat, then you can actually get long-term healing. It's like if I gave you the perfect remedy, the perfect collection of remedies, let's say, or let's just say your medical doctor had the perfect medicine, and yet your lymphatic system and your blood was sluggish because your core temperature was so um, cold, mm-hmm. well, you can't deliver it to the body. The body can't get it in there. I mean, the, when you look at the, the imaging, uh, the special imaging of the blood, it's like it looks like the water system for your city. Mm-hmm. There's some movement in the main water lines, but when it comes off the main, nothing's getting through. Nothing's coming through to your faucet. Right. In that analogy, your faucet might be your liver. Maybe it's your brain. You're trying to get something up there to work. You know, But it's like that's how bad low body temperature is. Fibromyalgia, again, the hardening and stiffening up of the muscles. You can rub it, but it's just going to hurt like crazy. Right. It's just going to come back because the underlying problem is still there, you know, because once you get down and you're sedentary because you can't exercise and you you feel horrible, everything begins to solidify. It's like a water molecule. Now, picture like a water molecule in your mind's eye. All you listeners out there, think of like an H2O, okay, molecule. And it's rocking what we call oscillating back and forth. Well, if you increase the oscillatory rate of that water molecule, it turns into a a vapor, gas, steam. Okay, so that's what heat does. Well, if you slow down the oscillatory rate of that water molecule and it's just barely moving, it would turn into ice. So think of your human body. It's, It's supposed to work at an ideal temperature. Everything outside of that, I mean, everyone has experienced a fever. It's not very pleasant. Well, how about hypothermia? Well, that's what I see on these chronically ill individuals all the time. It's like, on some of them, their legs are already dead, practically. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they got mm-hmm. them hitting a edema in their legs. They have no circulation getting down there. I measured the temperature on one lady, and I think it was like 86 in her legs. Wow. You know, and you're just like going, oh, my gosh. No wonder I can't get any remedies to work down there. Right. And right. so it's, a, it's an incredible realization as a doctor to see this and say, hey, this is part of, it's not the whole answer, but it's part of what I need to be doing if I plan on restoring this person's body to health. Yeah. And it's easy to do. You You should just take a temp. Let me tell your readers about about this. Yeah, let me. This is really the question. I mean, you know what? I love what you're saying. and, And my gosh, what a graphic explanation that you have of this. And, you know, you touched upon something really, really, you know, that I think is serious is that you, you walk into a doctor, you tell them my body temperature runs 97 all the time. If it gets to 98, I'm probably got a fever. And they're like, oh, everybody's runs that low. No, not everybody's runs that low. And it's not because you live in a part of the country. It, does it make sense when we hear people say, Listen, you've got to drink more oxygenated water. You've got to exercise more. You've got to move your heart. I mean, these are the things we hear. Is any or all of that true? Well, yes. Um, it's, it's true that you should drink more oxygenated water, let's say, or you should be able to use a, an infrared sauna, hopefully a broad-spectrum mm-hmm. infrared sauna. Yeah. Um, my problem is that people that have just enough money for one thing or, or for treatment, yeah. let's say, they go and invest a lot of money in things that don't stand a lot of chance many times of working until you also address the thermostat of the body. Mm-hmm. Because you can raise the temperature again with a sauna. Okay, You can get in a hot bathtub and raise the temperature, but it doesn't change the thermostat. As a matter of fact, when you get out of a bathtub, your body goes... I'm too hot, and it starts kicking in all the pro- all the processes of the body to try to cool you down again. Mm. And very often, it's just like you're left in a much hotter condition. When I studied anthroposophical medicine in Germany, and spent time in hospitals in uh, Switzerland, like the uh, Filder Clinic, you know, it's interesting because they do bath therapies with essential oils and different things diffused into the bathtub, but the water is about body temperature. It's interesting because if you get in body temperature water, it actually kind of feels cold. We're so spoiled for hot. (laughs) Right. Measuring the temperature. If you think about it, if it feels warm, it's warmer than your body temperature, which should be 98, let's say. 98.6 is the generally accepted temperature. So you know you're already pretty much well over 100 by the time you really feel a hot bath. And the body's going, instead of saying, hey, this is warm, I'm going to stay warm after this, it goes, this is hot, I'm going to cool you down after this. So you're cold to start with, and you're going to be cold again after that. So very often the body, because it's been cold, is very toxic, very, very poisoned. Inside the cells they're showing now is cellular debris that the cell cannot get rid of by itself. And so that's where it's just like you really need to, to fire up the engine of the body, if you will, by restoring the integrity of everything on every office visit. 
you know, this brings me to a point that I'm very passionate about. Many doctors, especially for the people with chronic illness where nobody can figure them out, so they go to all these clinics all over the place, they'll go, well, let's treat your adrenals for a while and see how you do. Yeah. Or let's treat your gut for a while and see how you do. Or let's put you on this diet for a while and see how you do. Or maybe they do a combination of it. They'll say, let's treat your adrenals, your gut, and your diet for a while and see how you do. Well, it's, it's great for what it is, but it's what I call pieces and parts doctoring. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, we've developed testing here at the Hansa Center where we can turn on every single circuit in your body in one visit. And every uh-huh. visit you're here, we're, you're here for two weeks, an hour a day you're with the doctor, and at the end of every visit, the doctor is making sure that every organ and every tissue is up and running correctly and maintain that so that the body can start kicking out the toxins. Yes, you can use a sauna. Yes, you can do um, ozonated water and things like that. All those are great because you've got to sometimes help the body kick out the toxins, but you see what I mean? It's just like the cellular machinery has to be fixed. Exactly, exactly. And that is really the point that I think we're making here today. I mean, left to our own devices, we're out there and we take, you know, one from column A and one from column B. But I think what you have said in the book and what you're doing at the center is so important. You know, this is something that has to really be looked at from a complete body, mind, spirit perspective and not in one or two visits or not, you know, not in the way that many, many people are being treated. And that's what I hear you say. You know, what we are really combating here, and and I know we only have a few minutes left, but but this is what I want to say. We're combating the information airwaves you know, oh, media, journals agree. that write Where do you articles. turn when everybody says they have the best? Have the best. But even this, you know, you're going to be shocked about this, and I'm going to send it to you. There was an article in Science News, the magazine of the Society for Science and the Public, in August of 2015. This is a reminder, Dr. David, of how much more work we have to do. And the article is titled, Five Reasons to not totally panic about ticks and Lyme disease. And the article goes on to talk about, and folks, you can go ahead and read it yourselves. But the old image of the United States and where Lyme disease resides with the Northeast covered and no no other place, right? Right, in the country, that's in there. The things that say there's no need to get the tick tested for diseases is in there. Lyme disease is generally easy to treat. I'm reading you the article, Dr. David. There are, and here's number five. There are a few good ways to prevent tick bites. Now, having said that, a couple minutes left. What is, what is our next step? What, what's the message that we'd like to leave embedded? Because, you know, for us, we are doing a fundraising campaign to keep this show on air and shows like it so that perhaps someone like you can have their, your own show because we are constantly battling messages like this science article that makes me a little bit crazy. I know. <laughs> and you know, it's funny because it's the same where people say you should open multiple Hansa centers all over the world. And I still <laughs> wouldn't be able to help everyone that needs help. I know. And 
it's that same thing. It's just like reader beware. Like we're all familiar with the buyer beware. Yeah. But reader beware, you know, just because somebody has big credentials behind their name, to me, I'm almost more likely to to want to shun that that doctor because Mm. of the big credentials, because it's like our politicians right now. You always wonder who's pushing their, who's pulling their strings, Mm. what lobbyist is behind them. And it's kind of that way, unfortunately, in medicine, where it's just like the research depends on who's, yeah. Who's pulling their strings to put this out there? Because you, yeah. you and I know this is absolutely incorrect. Many, yeah. many, 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 many doctors know that this is incorrect. And yet, you know, so when the readers, when you guys that are listening are out there on the Internet and you're looking at different um, medical research, just be aware that sometimes it's a bench researcher. They don't actually see real patients. And even if they did see real patients, they don't have the knowledge or the training or the tools that they need to do more than antibiotics. I mean, it's so simplistic. Antibiotics are so simplistic, and yet they, too, in my opinion, add to the chaos of the body. They add to the disharmony. They add to the the breakdown and the ultimate creation of disease very often. They're not in they're not doing anything to restore that. And you might go, Well, aren't they restoring the body through killing the bacteria? And I'm like, right. there are ten times more bacteria in your body than there are cells in your body. Now mm. think about that. That's wow. like one point five quadrillion bacteria. And you might say, Well, oh, but Dr. Jernigan, those are mostly friendly. Well yeah, mostly but you know that um, there's research out there that uh, was done, and it was published in the Bulletin of the Academy of Medicine. I know you don't have much time, so I'll be quick. we got they about 60 re- seconds here. Okay, they reported research where they gave volunteers test tubes to swallow of cholera bacteria, and it required extremely high concentrations, up to 100 billion cholera bacteria before any of the volunteers would get sick until they neutralized the stomach acid. What does that mean? They took a Tums and gave them the cholera bacteria and found out it only took half as much bacteria to create cholera. So just having cholera, you've got to get a ton of it, and even then you've got to screw up the body by weakening the stomach acid as just one way to ensure that you're going to get a disease. So create a situation, sour the milk for the infections and the disease, and correct all the chaos in the body and that's what we strive to do at the Hansa Center and oh, I would encourage I... any of your listeners that have any kind of condition not just Lyme but just anything that no one can figure out give us a call go to our website hansacenter.com that's h-a-n-s-a center.com or google my name I'm, I have hundreds of articles on the internet Wow. Thank you so much, Dr. David. And believe me, we're getting the word out there. Wow. Thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on. My gosh, beating Lyme disease. Wow. Thank you all. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Lyme Talk Radio with Dr. Pat Basile. Epic healing for an epic life. 
This inspiring show highlights leading-edge solutions, groundbreaking research, headline topics, and tools for holistic healing and wellness. This hit show is dedicated to raising awareness, promoting advocacy and prevention, and supporting initiatives for optimal health. Dr. Pat is passionate and focused on life-saving results reaching far beyond Lyme disease, providing a forum for powerful stories, heart-opening experiences, and hope-activated solutions. Dr. Pat will shine a light on the many shades of Lyme disease fueled by a body-mind-spirit remedy. For more information, visit LimeTalkRadio.com and tune in next time.